This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Now in our sixth season, looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Mikey Pensy-Smith. This is the flagship show and here to pick apart Paul Cook's first game in charge are two key ingredients of the Blue Monday podcast team. It's Joe Fares and David Diamond. Joe, you've passed a late fitness test uh, after your COVID vaccination. No no after effects? No, not so far. I I've sort of heard that Bill Gates is tracking every move now, so we'll see what he thinks of tonight's pod. Whether he can give us a bit more publicity through his Microsoft channel would be good. <laughs> yeah, that would help, Great. wouldn't it? Great stuff. And Dave, there was an injection of class into the Blue Monday channel this week when you interviewed Russell Osman. Oh, How much did you enjoy that? Yeah, loved it. Loved it as usual. Although I did, I see, I did pick up one um, critical response. I think on, I think on YouTube or Twitter, when I say, "Could you in the future not talk over your guests? This is so difficult. <laughs> you got so much to say." So yeah, sorry, Mike. I mean, you obviously you you do this pretty much for a living. So yeah, you probably cringed when you saw it. But no, he was he was brilliant. Absolutely, absolutely superb. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just lovely to interview him pretty much 40 years ago to the day of the St Etienne game. So that was purely by chance. And um, no, it was um, no, it was good. And he was he, he was very good value. Some good stories in there, particularly the, um, the I had to ask him the Pele one from Escape to Victory. And that was pretty neat. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty neat response there. And Bobby Moore chipped one across. Yeah, kind of. So, yeah, no, it, was, it, was, it was great. He, pretty he, good he was, name drops. He was superb. And yeah, what you, what you don't appreciate, you know, he played all those 66 games, but he'd been ever present the season before as well. I mean, just incredible, really. Yeah, he was good, good, good chap. And and a nice chat about golf as well. Ben must have been listening to the first five minutes of me. Oh, my God, where's this going? <laughs> Are they ever going to get to talk about football? But no, good lad. That's really good. Not, I thought not it was going to end up like Tubes and Kieran Dyer. You just yeah. playing four holes and have yeah. a chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he was, he was good value. Excellent. And uh, another one of your um, interviewees, Dave, of course, is Pablo Cunago. Just a little plug here for Pablo's uh, Pale. Pablo's is superb. And how is it? How's that going down? Is, that, is, it, is it sort That's of smooth? Very nice, yeah. A bit like Pablo's but front place. Goes down very it's easily silk, in Silky smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Better on a hot day. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Definitely. yeah, you, usually we have a few days worth of news to catch up on on the podcast, <laughs> but we've done so many shows that we're almost up to date up until Saturday's game. But there's a couple of things that we haven't touched upon yet, um, one of them being the injury to John Nolan. Um, he divides opinion, doesn't he, Joe? But this is this is so unfair on him, isn't it? Because he's... He's been made to train with the youngsters and then he's come back and it sounds as if he's just got injured straight away. Yeah, apparently it was the first day back training with the senior squad. So really frustrating for him, really frustrating for Paul Cook that he can't even have a proper look at him because Nolan is one of the players whose contract runs, I think, until the end of next season. So he's someone that the manager really wanted to have a look at before the end of this season, see what to do with him because 
sort of the, the players who are contracted for next season. He's he's going to need to find use for some of them. And I think he'd be a good player in a Paul Cook system. I think he's got the mm. right sort of... He just needs... So I think there's a couple of players, especially those signed by Paul Hurst, that have really needed a manager that's sort of given them some confidence, given them the ability to play without fear. And I think I think Paul Cook could sort of do very well with John Nolan. But unfortunately, we're not going to find out till next season. No. So, well, where do you stand on it, Dave? Because I know that you you quite rate uh, John do. Nolan, don't you? Be you're obviously frustrated by him, like like most people. No, have of course, been, but, yeah, very but, much so. I do. But, yeah, know, do you agree that he might have might have been decent playing alongside Flynn Downs in that four two? No, three, I think one? I think perhaps he would. I think perhaps he would have been. And he's you know as I said, you know as we all know, he's got a goal in him as well, John Nolan. You know, um, mm. it's just a shame, real shame for him. I mean, yeah, and it is going to be his boys two months minimum they were talking about so that effectively takes us to the end of it well yeah it does doesn't it i mean let's face the playoffs. It, we all well yeah but who's gonna, he's not going <laughs> to come let's face it he's not going to come straight back in for that we would think so no just a just a shame really and as you said he must have been sort of rubbing his hands with clear you know getting back training with the first team but yeah, we pick up a lot of these. We seem to be I'm to, any more than any other club, but we seem to pick up a lot of these injuries in training. I don't know; it might just be purely coincidental. But yeah, yet another, yet another sort of fairly long-term injury. But there you go. Enough, mm. you'd say enough cover in that position for sure. You'd think. Yeah, yeah. Although haven't seen anything of Emmy Hughes in any of the training videos or anything mm. like that. Colt no. Skews is back now, though, isn't he? Or very he close is. to being back. Tristan Nydam, if he wants to play centrally, he's almost back as well. Yeah. Mm. Tristan Nydam, Dave, makes really good shapes, doesn't he? Uh, you see, like, clips of him in training. Just he makes really football. good shapes. Just a lovely, lovely football. I know Kieran Dyer always bigged him up from very, very young age, didn't mm. he? He said he was the one out of all of them at Dezel and Downs and that. He always really, um, really pushed um, pushed Nydam. So, um, yeah, yeah, bad, terrible, terrible injury, you know. Mm-hmm. broken ankle ligaments awful awful injury so yeah i mean little clips of him i've seen in the 21 and in training and that looks looks good just a nice footballer isn't he? and certainly you'd think someone that can more and hold his own at that level i'd, yeah. I'd heard that mick mccarthy was a huge fan of his as well apparently at one point he sort of stood him in front of the senior squad and told everyone that he was his diamond that he was going wow. to push on effectively <laughs> Yeah, no intended review there, Dave. But no, yeah, no, he, no. He, he's no, one I that mean, um, Mick rated, yeah. die rated, and yeah. sort of the real one that they expected to push on. But um, like I said, with regards to shapes, I do think a left footer always makes better shapes than a right footer. Always, always. Why is that? Well, left, that's everything. Left, I find left-handed they, they, golfers, left-handed cricketer, tennis player, John McEnroe. Bloody hell. Yeah, they do. They Why usually that? more one, one-footed, though, I find. You, you rarely get a left footer that's decent on both feet, I find. Um, yeah, but maybe it is because they play one position throughout their childhood, which is now on the left, don't they? But yeah, who knows? Yeah. One, one for another day, that one. Well, I think um, so. One so, for yeah, the Shapes podcast. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Shapes podcast coming soon. Russell Osman was 240. Let me tell yeah. you, I did meant brought that certainly brought that up. Yeah. yeah, great stuff. So, Dave, we're all hoping that this apparent takeover happens, but a few people are a little bit apprehensive about a stranger from a foreign country coming in and taking over. So when Frank Yallop comes out to say that yeah. we we couldn't be in safer hands, that must fill you with confidence, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It certainly does. I mean, obviously, since the, since the Evans um, statement, which was this time last week, maybe... No, no, because oh, sorry, this time last week the manager went, didn't he? Goodness me! So, sort of perhaps a Tuesday or Wednesday was it? Where it came out with a sort of flat denial, but I think as someone said on the pod, with non-disclosures and everything else, you know, I think you take that with a pinch of salt. And it seems to be that there's certainly some momentum gathering. And nice that someone like Frank Yallop, who's still really well respected around the club, and a you know a stalwart of Christ knows how many games. But um, yeah, when he comes out and says that, can only be you know seems positive anyway. Yeah, so Joe, yeah, he was talking to the From the Ashes, which I believe is a podcast. You're yeah. No idea. No it idea. Like Phoenix Rising podcast is the okay, yeah. one, isn't it? But yeah, I've heard yeah. that. Yeah. Was that reassuring for you as well, Joe? I know you're not you're not particularly apprehensive about um the new owners anyway, but but it must be quite good to hear Frank Gallup coming out and being supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone, someone who's worked very closely with them and, and knows what they're about. Um, ultimately, no one's going to know what they're going to be like until they get until they get in. And it's 
if if they do, if they do get in that is but it's the the more you hear the sort of the bigger the picture you build about them seems to be and there there hasn't really been much negative sort of press about them or sort of negative comment sort of negatives from people at the clubs that they have picked up so yeah it's it's, it's all it's all relatively positive so far isn't it so hopefully if it if it does happen we aren't going to be sort of regretting it in a few years time but ultimately something needs to change doesn't it at the club yeah absolutely and joe before we go into the gillingham game um i know that you keenly enjoyed paul cook's pre-match press conference how much of a difference does that make to your mood going into <laughs> going into the weekend it's, it's difficult isn't it because under under lambert it just became so stale, so frustrating, but also probably became a little bit unfair on him because anything he said was just ripped to pieces by by the fan base, myself included. And sort of Stuart Taylor would come out and say the same. Matt Gill, actually, I found quite interesting a couple of times he stepped up. He actually sort of gave more than one-word answers, it seems, at times, where, I don't know, Lambert just was was so defensive and had been for so long. It, yeah. It's just like, if you asked him what his name was, he wouldn't tell you what it is. At, <laughs> by the end of it, it was, it just became where Cook has come in straight away and he's sort of shown a, a sort of level of enthusiasm for the job, a sort of passion. And it's just something that's been sadly missing for a long time. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, Lambert towards the end, it's just so miserable listening to him. He was so dour and just flat and, yeah, without yeah, Joe's right. Lack of enthusiasm. It's just nice to see someone else there with a, you know, sort of chirpy scouser type character mm-hmm. that you know that just seems to give everybody a lift. Whoever came in was going to give everyone was going to get a lift by because Christ, you know, it just it it you know it it he was done like you know as we know games and games ago. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We I see. think it was even um, last year when we were sort of postponing games for the international breaks. You got, you can't do this. You can't do that. These players need to play sixty games. You can't play them every week. Oh, and then this season we shouldn't be playing because of COVID. We we're not doing this. We're not getting enough tests. It's, it was all can'ts and won'ts and shouldn'ts, as opposed to actually grabbing the ball by the horns and actually get trying to it. take advantage of an opportunity and get on with it. And that that attitude must sort of give off to the players as well when you're constantly being told that you're not good enough, you shouldn't be doing this, you can't beat them if you're missing one player and things. So I say grab the grab the ball by the horns. Mm. Right. And that brings us on to Saturday's game, which we didn't really <laughs> grab by the horns. Um mm. we travel to Gillingham looking to extend our winning run to four matches and unsurprisingly Cook stuck with the same team which won those previous games aside from Josh Harrop coming in for Alan Judge who was at home in Ireland due to a family bereavement. So our um, thoughts yeah. are with Alan Absolutely. Judge. Um, very sad news about Judge, obviously Dave, but a sensible move to stick with near enough the same team otherwise, right? Yeah, no, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, we all send our send our best wishes to to him. Sad time, but yeah, I think so because you know, it, um, three wins on the spin, albeit not that convincing against ten men at Accrington last Tuesday. But um, yeah, no problem with no problem with it really. And Harrop getting the nod out in that position, Joe. I mean, we we can obviously be a bit revisionist about it now because we've we've seen the match, but arguably Harrop is the most similar of the other options that we had to judge, isn't he? Yeah, if, if you're going like for like, and ultimately we seem to be playing a style where you've got or had effectively Chambers at right back and Bennett's is just an out-and-out winger on the right-hand side and Chambers more defensive. And then on the left, you've got Kenlock getting up and down more and that left side of midfielder drifting centrally Drifted as Judge in. did. So to sort of keep it like for like, Harrop was the answer unless... You were able to get Idris El Mazzouni back from Grimsby. <laughs> <laughs> right, and um, the Gillingham team would just run through it. They played um, with a similar formation, 4-2-3-1. Uh, Bonham in goal, Jackson right back, Cundy and Tucker, the centre-backs, Ogilvy left back, Dempsey and O'Keefe, um, former Ipswich Academy man, centre mid. Uh, Jordan Graham, former Ipswich, low knee playing wide right. O'Connor wide left and Lee playing in behind the big man Oliver, who gave us problems almost from the word go. Um, and it wasn't long before Gillingham found themselves in front, Joe, after a clumsy foul from 
Andre Dezel on the edge of our box. I don't, I don't even think it was clumsy. It was just a lazy foul for me. He just, yeah. he just drags. There was no need to make the challenge. Just drags him down and against a team like Gillingham, you, you know what you're going to get from a Steve Evans side. It's going to be a big physical side. It's going to be balls into the box. It's going to be. They're going to make it very, very difficult for you. That they're a tough team to play, and to give them a chance to put the ball in from there that early was, I don't know, criminal really for me. And then ball into the box, Toto gets to it, but he's under a lot of pressure and can only he doesn't really get the ball away. And then Tucker's just totally unmarked. There's no one near him. I think Norwood's the closest man to him, but he just has time to let the ball come down and just basically just levers it and it's, it's in the back of the net and so yeah, here we go again holy's unsighted as well is it? it sort of goes mm. through goes through bennett's and stuff but again you know that whole that whole move started the move up to the free kick we had a really good situation with bennett's wide right um it's just him up against the fullback almost last man so you know isolate the fullback beat the fullback and he doesn't commit does he tries i think tries a bit of skill tries to lift it perhaps over yeah, the fullback he, he waits and he gets for him doesn't done. he yeah he just gets yeah. done and it's a great i mean just after that the fullback is a brilliant switch of play he cracks a ball about 40 50 yards and say it ends up with graham and oh, it's a bloody stupid tackle from the as you say joe is lazy really absolutely stupid because he's not his defenders there okay he's what 20 25 yards out right side of the box not really going anywhere not over threatening it's just stupid foul stupid mm. i'm glad you brought up that bennett's thing dave because i i thought that as well he could have just knocked the ball around him was slow doesn't... the commentators were saying that he's he's going to struggle with the pace he, he looked quite good. It's Ogilvy, wasn't it? The yeah, Ogilvy. Yeah, yeah, good on the ball. Yeah. Great on the ball. But yeah, he mm. just, oh, yeah, very frustrating. And I remember moaning at that. And then, of course, uh, yeah, everything just leads to the free kick after that. Yeah, and the the pattern of us struggling to deal with long balls and not getting to second balls continued. Oh. Uh, Lee hits the post with Holy stranded again soon after. But as we move into the second quarter of the game, we start to grow into it a little bit more. And on the half-hour mark, Troy Parrott comes close with a superb acrobatic effort after good play this time from Keenan Bennett. Yeah, great play. Yeah. Down on the right. Um, eight minutes later, Norwood has his first sight of goal after being played in by Harrop. He takes slightly too long, doesn't quite get himself set, and Tucker makes a superb recovery tackle. Yeah. Um, aside from that, though, Dave, pretty dreadful first half, wasn't it? <laughs> it's awful. I mean... I don't think the, it's no excuses. I don't think the pitch looked a bit lively, didn't it? It was a couple of times when the ball was sort of played along the deck and someone goes to control and it's sort of bouncing up at the ankle height and stuff like that. So I don't think the pitch particularly did us any favours. But the worrying thing for me was we were second to every ball. As you said, we didn't pick up any second balls and they was just more, and as Joe said from an Evans team, they were just all over us and more aggressive than us, really. And we they didn't look up for it didn't really <laughs> it was just yeah that what worried me the second ball you know a lot, a lot of pressure on the center halves ncr and wilson and they were just landed on every second ball which was frustrating i think mm. and joe do you think if this game happened a few games into cook's tenure would you have expected him to make changes at half time after seeing that yeah this is what i sort of said on the chat didn't i that he was almost he almost had to play the team that that started. You, you couldn't really make any changes after the three wins in a row. But I think we all saw at Accrington, especially considering we were playing against 10 men, it was quite a leggy performance in the second half. And I think it probably did need freshening up a little bit, but you can see why he didn't. And then at half time, first game in charge, players he probably needed to pull off were probably Dazel. And I don't know who else was there. There's a few, a few poor performance, Harrop again. And it's yeah. like, you can't in your first game, you can't lose the players. So it's no. difficult to make those big changes at half time. And well, he sort of left it probably a little bit longer than I'd have liked. I thought once you got to 55 minutes an hour, you could have made the change. But I think I say, he good, it was in a difficult position, wasn't he? I think you made a good point because that's precisely pretty much what Hurst done at, in the Exeter game, wasn't it? After yeah. that Exeter, well, well it's his second game, wasn't it? Or was it yeah. first or second game? Um, so yeah, I, Joe's right. He had to go with that team. Um, you know, you make changes to that team and lose two or three one, and you know you're immediately on the back foot already. But you know, um, only had a day or so's training with the squad, so yeah, just didn't. Overall, I just felt we just didn't compete yesterday. No, and whatever Cook said at halftime didn't appear to have the desired effect. With Gillingham looking the more likely to score the second goal for much of the start of the second half, 
Um, but a strong run from Flynn Downs. No, not Flynn Downs. Teddy Bishop in the 64th minute led to a free kick from 40 yards out, Dave. Can yeah, and it was, it was pretty much the only there. time that Bishop landed on the ball in that position and drove forward, didn't he? Really drove. And to be fair, I think he was fouled probably further back because he sort of drove as he does between two or three players. And I think he was fouled a bit further back. So I can almost, I mean, I know Evans was apoplectic and saying, well, there wasn't there wasn't much of a much of a challenge there. I think he was touched and he, yeah, he went down. I think his momentum took him down. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Harrop took it. Well, pretty much well-flighted free kick. Great header from Chambers. And the sort of thing, I suppose you've got to question the keeper's position there slightly off his line and it just loops in, clips a bar as it goes in. But great header and um, great stat from our friend Stat, Statman, where um, he now moves on to 19 goals level. Now, hang on, let me get it. I think with Lumeries like... Craig will like this. Steve Witten, I think, mentioned for Steve Witten. Alan Armstrong, Mark Venus, I think he was another one. So 19 goals. On the day, I think he moved into the top 10 of appearance makers as well. So, yeah, yeah. great. You know, um, from that point of view, good day for the good day for the captain. But, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and you're quite right. Largely against pretty much the first 20 minutes run of play, I'd say, pretty much. We didn't really mm. look like it, did we? No. And almost immediately, Joe, we make a triple sub with Downs, Edwards and Sears replacing Parrott, Bennett and Harrop. Um, and you're thinking from here that it's, it's, it's our game to win, isn't it? Yeah, the goal sort of really struck me as a real get out of jail free card because Gillingham had been the better side and yeah. we looked like we needed to make a change. We'd, we'd got back and then we'd managed to get back on terms and then make the change. And you're thinking, right, here we go. Three players on, get after them. And this game's there for the taking now. But it didn't turn out that way. It didn't. Um, talk us through Sears's first contribution, please, Joe. And then what followed? Yeah, well, we, we, we'd had a decent move, I think, in the lead up to it. And we'd ended up putting a crossover, but I think it was Edwards. And he just, just put way too much on the cross. So Sears was the one that went and picked the ball up. Kenlock sort of goes across to support him. And rather than sort of play to Kenlock, he takes a touch, takes another touch, takes another touch. And then he just plays a ball to no one but them. And then and then we are just banging trouble at that point. And it just it's a really well it's a really good counter-attack. And so you don't want to take anything away from them. But Downs and Wilson seem to sort of go to the same space and seem to be arguing with each other. And sort of the fullback gets away, does really well, puts a good cross in and Toto for some reason ends up sort of on his backside <laughs> on the edge of the box and it's just swept home. And I say it's it, from there's no way you should be conceding from where you are. I say we we should be looking to score from there, but I say fair play to Gillingham. They they took the chance and they took it brilliantly. But yeah, I say Sears unfortunately was very very much at fault for that goal. He was. Yeah, I mean, they, to me to he, me it looked he, like one of those passes where just as he's passed the ball, he's realised he he shouldn't be passing it or he's passing, and that's why he didn't one, commit to it. Joe's doesn't right, make much effort to get back though, does he? Because it's a deep, it's a really, really Overweight. overhit cross. And he does really well. I mean, Christ, he'd be better off letting it run out of play. He does really well to retrieve it. I think perhaps it even gone <laughs> off for a throw, maybe. And instead of just laying a little ball, as Joe said, just to Kenlock, who's there, he sort of takes almost one or two unnecessary touches and almost like shovels it inside. It is very good from then. I mean, great vision from really mm-hmm. that Dempsey plays it inside and just bolts away down the wing, does he? And mm-hmm. very good from Graham, who sort of gets his head up and slips him in. Kenlock can't make it. And NCR just, it was, um, I don't know, he just sort of loses his feet. <laughs> it's almost a comedy one. The ball's coming across and he's almost gone too far, can't get back, falls over. And it is a tidy finish, to be fair. I mean, the goal itself was pretty decent, but bad one. It's, bad it's one just one of those, us. that pass from Sears is just one of those ones. It, oh, just, it, takes, just, it just takes out every your everyone, whole team, three or four it? players. Yeah. Yeah. You just took out your whole team with that one yeah. pass. Yeah, incredibly. Yeah. And then Caden Jackson comes on for. Andre Dezel, who'd, as we've already mentioned, had endured a difficult afternoon, mm. to say the least. Jackson very nearly makes an impact as he hits the post with the header. Um, actually looked fairly dangerous from the few set pieces that we had. But moments later, it's that man, Oliver, again, doing the damage as Gillingham made sure of the points, Dave. <laughs> it's poor old Freddie again. Poor old Freddie again, isn't it? I think the ball, we had the ball in, I think, We've got it down our right side. And it's sort of brought inside, I think, perhaps by Downs. Sears is just inside our half. The ball's laid <laughs> laid inside to him. And he sort of turns away. He's facing our goal. 
And it's just a perfect through ball for Oliver. It's just a beauty. Really well weighted. Um, again, Oliver's Oliver's in on goal. Good from Holy. Holy's really out quickly. Blocks the first one, and then it's just comedy, isn't it? And then the second one, I think, I, I, I don't know who it is, try, goes to try and lift it over Holy, scuffs it to him. So he's out of his box now. Plays a fair, reasonable ball to Chambers. And then I think they get a bit lucky because Chambers hits it down the line. And Ogilvy just throws himself at it. Hell of a header. And his header just goes straight into the path. Takes Chambers out of um, of Oliver. Right side. Still a lot to do. Edge of the box. Left side, sorry. And it's a hell of a finish, isn't it? He sort of drops his shoulder. Uses sort of Enciala as a shield and just cracks it in the far corner. Again, someone criticised Holy again, but... Pff, I don't think you've got a lot of chance with that, have you? Yeah, it maybe would have been harsh to blame Holy, but have you ever seen an Ipswich Town goalkeeper concede three goals <laughs> without diving in the whole <laughs> game? He didn't. <laughs> really, like, his shirt yeah, must be, it's must it's be it's crisp and clean, ready well, for think, Tuesday night. Well, I suppose if you look through the goals, the first one he hasn't got no chance with because he's just volley, hammy, leathers it, doesn't he? And he's pretty close, isn't he? The second one, again, it goes right across, and the guy's, what, six yards out when he finishes it? And the, okay, maybe the last one, but I think the last one he's he's cle- he's been clever there and he's used Enciala and you can't legislate for that. It's hell of a finish, isn't it? Really, yeah. but I know what you mean. You'd like to. They hit the post as well, though, and he was stationary for that one as well. He's a bit of a good... in the first half. He was, yeah, he was really... to, to his credit, he he played really well with his feet in this game. He came off oh, his really line good. a few times and swept, swept up really nicely. Where he has improved, left foot as well, because I mean, there's times last season he'd get the ball on his left foot. Oh, dear, no, but now he's left foot. Yeah, he's very good. So. Um, no, he just needs to sort out his general goalkeeper diving. Yeah, good point, actually. Yeah. So, Joe, in, in a way, good to have that normal Ipswich Town fan feeling on a Saturday evening? Or <laughs> I, I do think there was a bit of an overreaction from in some quarters about the game. Because yeah, I agree. Ultimately, I, I, I just think that Cook was in between a rock and a hard place with what team he put out there. Like they, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't want it enough for me. They didn't seem enough desire. But Gillingham are a team that, are, if they get on top of you, you're going to struggle to sort of pull them back because they are big, they are strong, they're physical. There's nothing. They sort of they they, they give you absolutely nothing, and you've you've got to earn the right to play against them. And we didn't. And I think, like I say, when you see sort of Andre Dazelle and Teddy Bishop as a midfield too, I think they just they, they just didn't they just weren't able to compete in their. So there was just there was just too many players that didn't have a good game. I think I don't think other than maybe I thought Chambers did okay. I thought James Wilson did okay, and I thought James Norwood did okay. But other than that, I don't think anyone had a good game. Yeah, and you you, you can't win games if sort of eight of your players don't play well. It, it, it just yeah. doesn't happen. There's no way you can do it. And and it it wasn't just not playing well, was it? Like if one or two of them had stinkers. Yeah, we we didn't keep the, the ball sub- very well at all, mm-hmm. and it was just a case that. We we didn't get any second balls. We didn't, I said, we didn't keep the ball. It was just just a bad day at the office, and you sort of it just felt a game too far for this starting eleven. You just needed something. I think you just I think we missed Alan Judge a bit with that little bit of tempo at the top of the pitch, and something I was speaking about. guys, it's just from the early goal. It's just the lack of discipline that runs through the team does does concern me over the last. So I just have a look at the stats. Last season, I think we were the third worst for yellows and reds. This season, again, we're the third worst. Mm. You got players like Andre Dezel, who's on nine bookings, I think, this season, or eight bookings. Guion Edwards got ten last year. Flynn Downs got ten. Luke Wolfenden was up at up around there. James Norwood's a walking yellow card. Caden Jackson's had a couple of reds. There's, we just we let teams off the hook by giving away so many silly free kicks, and they're all they're all cheap. Silly, pointless free kicks where that we just let them off the hook. And like I said, when you looked at the sidelines previously with sort of Paul Lambert and then especially Stuart Taylor there, you could see that there was sort of a lack of discipline running through the management, if it felt like to me. So I think that's something Paul Cook has got to get really on top of because it because it costs us in games and it, it cost us at the latter end of Paul Lambert's reign away at crew when Teddy Bishop did that silly second foul, I think. I think Caden Jackson was a bit unlucky. He tried to control do, the ball. Do you think, Sunday, Joe, it, it but... might partly be because uh, putting Flynn Downs aside, out of those players that you've mentioned, they're all offensive attacking players. Do you think it might mm. just be that we've maybe sometimes got too many attacking minded players out on the pitch? And the likes of Dizelle and Bishop, they may be trying to compensate for the fact that they're not particularly good off the ball with trying to be too overly zealous for their tackles. 
But all, but all Dazelle's bookings are just silly ones, aren't they? They're, cyn- they're cynical fouls. I know he had the red at Sunderland, which I thought was harsh, and I thought that was a yellow personally, but they're all ones where he's just pulling someone down with two hands when they get past him. And mm. just, I don't know, it just almost like when you watch sort of games in like Spain and Italy, as soon as as soon as they lose the ball, they just they just foul them to stop a counterattack. But it's like, we're in League One. You don't actually need to defend like that because nine times out of ten, they're not going to break away and score on you. And... I know it, it just—it was just something that struck me. I've, I've been speaking about it with another mate for a, for a long time. It, there just seems a big lack of discipline, and so I think that's something Cook just needs to get hold of. We shouldn't be getting as many yellows and reds as we do. It doesn't help anyone. No, the amount of the amount of fouls we give away in in the final third winds me up so much. You know, the ball mm. could be, <clears throat> you know, defenders sort of like shielding the ball out, and you say. Don't touch him, you know, he's got to put it out for a throw. He's got to, you know, he's he's got to, you know, it's up to him. He's got to play the ball. The amount of fouls, cheap fouls we give away there, let alone in our half. But that is, uh, Joe's right, you know, it immediately just re- relieves the pressure on the other side and the ball comes straight back. Just, yeah. And it, it probably is. It's just ill-discipline. Okay, that brings us neatly onto the Twister questions. Thanks, everyone, for getting these in. We'll start with FPL Tractor. He's always very quick off the mark with a question. Does the back-to-back nature of the schedule mean we'll have to be patient with Paul Cook's training methods as he won't get much time spent on the training ground? Start with you, Joe. Yeah, definitely. Like I say, what you're talking about one training session between each game at the moment, probably. If you think today we've got, obviously, Sunday would be a day off after the game, probably a training session Monday, but it's going to be no more than a bit of basic shape and right. a walkthrough. There's not going to be proper sessions going on. And then it's Saturday and it's going to be like that till the end of the season. So any tweaks he's going to make are going to be little minor tweaks, just trying to get them to do little things differently and do it like that. You're not going to be able to implement much from here. And it's just a case of just trying to lift the moods, lift the sort of spirits and just trying to keep things simple, really. Dave, Scott, Scott Moore asks, with Cook now in place, what is the realistic expectation for the end of the season? <laughs> I think a lot of people were maybe getting a little bit carried away. I mean, you know, week. a lot of I, I read a lot of stuff last week, and they're saying yes, you know, after the you know result in Accrington and Cook's first game, you know, leading up to Cook's first game, people were talking top two. Well, yeah, I think we need a bit a, a degree of realism there. Look, we're two points off. I think what well, we still two is it still just two points off the playoffs here yeah, behind Portsmouth now with a game in hand for goodness sake. Um, so look, it's very much it's very much still on. Um, but as Joe's quite rightly said, it's going to be very difficult for Cook between now and the end of the season to implement implement great changes. You know, great changes to the team. So it will be minor tweaks and. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of it will be obviously realised in, in, in game time because you know, coming off yesterday, as you said, it's only going to be a light light session, light session tomorrow, maybe working on shape and things like that. So, yeah, you know, yes, top six, certainly. Why isn't top six, top six realistic? But, um, yeah, we certainly need to show a bit more fight certainly, than we did yesterday. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think you could see a few things even yesterday that he was trying to do in regards to sort of playing the ball into the front men, sort of on the ground, mm. into their feet. I think Holy was sort of playing uh, playing higher up the pitch, sort of trying mm. to sweep up a bit more. And I'd say that there seemed a very obvious sort of ploy to try and look for Chambers sort of to win headers. I know that we've been doing it early in the season, Chambers to win headers in the sort of in front of the halfway line sure. and trying to attack from there. So there were, there were a few little tweaks you could see that he was trying to do. Okay. Um, Dave Gore asks, Joe, <laughs> it feels like we're going back in time a little bit here. When do Lancaster and Dobra get a look in? <laughs> I don't really see why Lancaster isn't at the moment full stop. I know he hasn't been sort of back to his best when he's when he's um, been back from his injury this year, but he's contributed. He's got a couple of goals, a couple of assists. He, he seems to make things happen in the... And, it, and a lot of times he's played in quite a deep midfield role as well, almost like an eight rather than a 10 even. And mm. I don't really see what Keenan Bennett is adding adding that Jack Lancaster couldn't be at the moment. I'm not, he's got that pace and he gets us up the pitch quickly. And, and obviously that isn't to be sniffed at, but his final ball is so hit or miss. Like I've, I've never seen someone overhit crosses as much as he does. And I don't mean as many times. I mean how far he overhits them. There's times yeah. when he's crossing the ball and there's one player in the box and he's going out for a throw-in yeah. almost on the foot. He just absolutely levers the ball as hard he as he need, can. He needs a gap wedge and he's hitting a seven iron, doesn't he? I think he's hitting a driver. <laughs> but um, it's just, I don't know, it just seems, I, I, I like some of the stuff he's done, but ultimately he's had a run of sort of five or six starts. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's done anywhere near enough to to sort of say, yeah, he's he's now down a position in the team now where I'd rather Jack Lancaster get that run of five or six games. He's he's our player. He's, he's on a long-term contract and mm. to, to see if he can make something happen. Yeah. And potentially Lancaster might take the place of Freddie Sears if, if Cook is reactionary to how it went. Sindra um, Eliasson, I believe is from Norway, Ask, can you see Sears recovering from this? His confidence <laughs> must be absolutely dried out, Dave. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be shot, I think. <clears throat> shot, I think, after that. And you know, Freddie, I think I saw someone on someone on Twitter last night saying that perhaps this is it. I assume Joe, his contract's up at the end of the season, is it? I'm I'm assuming. I think so. I can say for definite though. I think it is. So, you know, and someone someone probably had it spot on said that, you know, he'll probably um return to um you know maybe make a return up the a12 to um or sorry down the a12 to call you which wouldn't wouldn't be beyond the realms i guess and good luck good luck to him if he does but no i, I really think bless him he's been a yeah he's been a pretty good servant i think that he's his time has run with us i think now yeah obviously we can't like not all of the blame is it no, his door no, for how it went no, no, and no, though no. it both times when he lost the ball, a lot happened in between that and the goals happening. But it's yeah. just what what is he really offering us? He doesn't mm. doesn't seem to have not- a particularly good touch. He's having to play not in his natural position because he doesn't really have the pace to play up front anymore. He can't hold the ball up as a one up. He was top. at his best. He wasn't doesn't he? seem to sc- he doesn't doesn't seem to score enough goals. He the goals that he does score just seem to be rebounds that he's followed up. I yeah, I mean, he was season quite well, really, and him and Ward seemed like they're having a good little partnership yeah. down there. But he's just—he's lost that yard of pace, hasn't he, since his since his injury? And it's, it's understandable because when Paul Lambert first came into the club, I thought Freddie was absolutely flying at that time. He's got a few goals coming off that left hand side, a really smart footballer, really sharp, make it, making good runs. But he just seems to have—I don't know—just lost just lost that yard of pace. And when you're a player of his of his size, when you, when you lose that sort of physical attribute, you, you, you're, you're going to struggle. Yeah. Bad injury, it's, wasn't it? I mean, he was out for a season. Was he bad, bad injury? To but me, he, look, he looks like he's tried to bulk out to try and offer something else. And I don't think it, I don't think he carries that weight particularly well. No, he's taken something away from his overall play, hasn't it? I think. Hmm. Uh, Mullet asks, has Matt Gill overworked our best 11 just as Cook has taken charge? Or did he just get a flavour of why we are so far off promotion, Joe? I don't think we're that far off, to be honest. I know people are talking about how how bad it was yesterday, and it was bad. But 
when, when your manager's coming into a new new squad, these things do happen. Like when Mick McCarthy came in as as organised as he made us, we lost us. Was it five nil, six nil? We lost the Palace in his second or third Leicester. game, and it was just or yeah, or yeah, we lost, as well. yeah, yeah. Was it, Palace and Leicester. Five nil at Palace. Yeah, we yeah, got absolutely been, thumped, didn't we? Yeah. You, you're going to get you're going to get bad bad games because there's it's a squad that's been underperforming for a long time and it's a squad that lacks confidence and lacks belief in itself and it's that's not a switch you can you can try and get get things going again but ultimately you've, you've just got to try and try your best and, you, and you're going to have some bad days it's just trying to make sure you don't have too many of those bad days isn't it and we've got a tough game on tuesday but i don't see why we, we'd go into that game of anything to fear okay are you are you as optimistic as that Dave? Yeah, I think so. Like I said, you know, two points off the playoffs, game in hand on Portsmouth, all right. There's teams around us, teams around us just below us still. But yeah, why, you know, why not? Why not? Um, you know, hopefully the new manager bounce will start on Tuesday. And you look at, I'd say, I know we're jumping around a bit here, but when you look at the fixture list between now and the end of the season, after, after Tuesday, I think we've got to play Portsmouth and that's it. Because you look, yeah. who's, who are the top teams? Lincoln, well, we'd have played them twice Tuesday. Hull, we played them twice. Sunderland, done. Sunderland, we played them twice. Um, Doncaster. Doncaster, we played twice. And um, sort of Portsmouth, we've still got to play a second time. We've still got to play AFC Wimbledon twice. We've still got to play Fleetwood twice. We've got to play every, every team down at the bottom end of the league. Oxford's another one who we have played twice who are a decent side. We, we've got a really... We've got a real big opportunity here with the running we've got. That if we can string some wins together, we'll, we'll, we'll be in the playoffs. Cool. Okay. Um, Matty Nibblet wants to have a little nibble at Andre Dezel, Dave. He says, uh, got to give Cook a chance to actually settle. Seen questions over Chambers and Parrot, who for me have been consistent players recently. When is there going to be questions over Dezel? He, he can beat a man, but that's it. Exposed defensively today. Do you think his... I mean, he's had his best run in the side um, of his whole present. career, hasn't he? But virtually ever present, hasn't could he? You, so, could you see that coming to an end? Yes, perhaps so. Perhaps. Because you we'll expect Jack Downs will come back in, won't he? So it's going to be... You would think so. It'll be interesting. The the starting eleven on Tuesday will be interesting. Yeah, I think there may be more than one tweak there on Tuesday. I mean, do we know is Judge likely to be back for that? Do we know or... Yeah, I don't know whether he did go back to Ireland or oh, whether okay. he's um, oh, sure. or whether yeah. he was um, just but missing I... the game because of the, oh, right. okay. the bereavement. Okay. But um, yeah. I, I would, I would not be surprised if, um, yeah, one of Dezel or Bishop doesn't doesn't start on doesn't start on Tuesday. Yeah, it wouldn't mm. surprise me. Dezel was thing is, Dezel is that sort of player. When he's when he's when he's on, he's just a lovely player, lovely footballer, well balanced. You know, picking passes, pinging balls around the corner. When he's not quite on it, and he's sort of he's losing possession, and he makes clumsy fouls like he did yesterday, leading up to the first goal. Yeah, he's. Um, I think he sort of sticks out, sticks out really, because he's not one of these players blessed with explosive pace that can, you know, just beat players at will. He's not like that. So, um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me perhaps if Downs came in for one or t'other on um, on Tuesday. Yeah, just on that, Joe, are you expecting lots of changes on Tuesday or just just one or two? Maybe three or four, I'd say. Person mm. personally, when you when you mm. look at it. I'd say you've got Luke Wolfenden, who's you're going to need to get back to the team at some point. Personally, for me, I thought Toto didn't have a good game, but then he had a really good game Tuesday. So, yeah. sort of unfair to drop him. But you've got to remember that Toto and James Wilson they hadn't played. I think Toto hadn't played for five weeks, and James Wilson hadn't played for three months. And they've come in and they've played ninety minutes five mm. times in a row in effectively sort of what is it like sixteen days? They've had to play five times ninety minutes after not playing for a long time. Keenan Bennett's another one like that. So I'd I'd expect. Well, I wouldn't say I expect one of the centre-backs to change, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if one of the centre-backs changes. I don't think Keenan Bennett will start another game. Mm. I don't, I'm pretty sure Flynn Downs will come into the middle. He looked like a player with a bit between his teeth when he came on yesterday. Has James Norwood got another start? No, I think he's going to have to try. Maybe maybe Troy Parrott might drop out. So I don't think he had his best game on Saturday. Again, it's another player who's come in and hadn't played a great deal of football and is just sort of put together five games in sort of 16, 17 days and there's, mm. there's no letting up here now. So there's going to need to be some changes. He's looked good in parts, hasn't he, Parra? I thought mm. he's, you know, he's nice touch. Yeah, again, yesterday he wasn't, I didn't think he was particularly bright. I'm a bit unlucky with the overhead kick, perhaps need goal, you know, scores that and he's off and running, mm. isn't he? But um, 
Yeah, I think I agree with Joe. I, I can see a few changes. Not not mad, but yeah, a few on um, on Tuesday. Just to freshen it up again. And if Judge is available, I'm, I assume he'll come back in. Okay. Um, this will excite you, Dave. We've got a question from Paul Cook's brother. Yeah. John, Jonathan Cook asks, yeah. our squad does have talent, but do we lack grit? Surely one or two players who really want to set an example with more graft, which would spread through the team so we can become a team who can grind out results when needed. Do you think we're lacking been, in... That's been, leveled, been levelled at us for seasons, hasn't it, really? It was so, you know, really, I know this sounds ridiculous, but it was such an Ipswich Town performance and result yesterday, wasn't it? All the expectation, it just was, wasn't it? All the expectation was there. You know, the last how many donkey seasons, you know, you're, you're up for a game, right? We all sat there for a brilliant, you know, three on the spin, all right, not particularly brilliant at Accrington, but hey, that's not, a, that's a sign of a of an okay side if we can win playing badly still. And it was just such a, such a letdown, wasn't it? And certainly, you know, I think Downs coming in, if he handles himself well, will be a plus because he certainly will add more grit to the side. You know, and it's, it's right what you said, that centre mid of Bishop and Dazelle, you know, when the sort of muck and bullets are flying, as you knew it would be yesterday, a bit soft, isn't it? A bit soft. Yeah. Nice, nice, but a bit soft for me. I did I did think all along that, that Dazelle and Bishop, as, as lovely as it is when it's working and it's in full flow, yeah. It was never going to be a sustainable partnership. Not when, the, not when the not when the chips are down. Not really. So I think Bishop is a lot more physical than he's sort of sometimes given credit for. Mm. But neither of those are the players that are going to grab a midfield by the scruff of the neck, are they? They they sort of play alongside someone. Do you know, I think you know what? Goose would have made a big difference. Well, exactly what I was going to say. There's, exactly there's what your grit. Say. Yeah, yeah, grit and a bit of experience alongside one nails. of them. You know, yeah, I think. I mean, they'll get shot down for that. I think we missed him a bit, to be fair. I think we are, you know, fit goal skills, I know. But Especially honestly, in a game you, like that, yes. Just someone to sit there. No, but yes, it's right, though. Just someone to sit there, get the ball. You know, um, he always competes, Danny. No, no matter what game he was having, he always competed well. Probably have. Probably have. Never thought I'd say that. Excuse is always level. quite good as well when the opposition are playing on the counter attack. He just, he, yeah, breaks it he up. Just find breaks himself in the right. Well, it's. He'd find himself in the right position, didn't he? I don't, I I don't think any of us are calling so for... 500 league games or whatever he's played. You know, experienced yeah. player, isn't he? Yeah. I think this sort of... Um, he's the sort of player where Cole Scoose's role this season, obviously without the injury, would have been a player to, to play these sort of games yeah. when you know you're going to get a physical bombardment from them. He's an extra player that can win some headers in your box. He's, he's a player that's going to compete. He's going to do it. And that, and that was the sort of game where we, we really missed him. I'll tell you what, Joe, that's a good point. And the headers in centre mid, we are, we didn't win anything yesterday. He's very good. Seldom do you ever see Cole Skews again, mm. no matter what sort of game he's having, lose out in centre mid to a, you know, in a, in a head, you know, aerial challenge. So, yeah, I think we missed his sort of, in a yeah. game like yesterday, certainly. And he will, he will suit, he will suit this 4-2-3-1 certainly much better than he would have done like a... Is he, where is four, he, Joe? Is he, tra- is he training? Is he back is, training? Yeah, I think he's back in full training, so I don't think he's far off. Interesting. Okay. I think he'll have an um, important role to play between now and the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Joe, ITFC Nostalgia asks, almost a cliche, but could seventh be the ideal finish- finishing position for us this season? Gives Cook a chance to look at the squad and get us ready for August. We're nowhere near championship level. It would be a tough season if we went up. No, you, you just want to get up. You can't, you can't pick and choose when you go up. You've just got to try and get up when you can. And like I say... It, if we go up, all, all we've got to do is finish above three teams, don't you? It's not it's not a case of we're not expecting to go up and finish mid-table. If we can go up and finish 21st and go again from there, I think yeah. any any Ipswich fan would take that at the moment. Um, this is just speaking very, very hypothetically and just from a football fan's perspective. Do you kind of feel like it would be better to get promoted next season, though, with a, a full season in League One? Going to the away grounds, build, building the team a little bit, or are you, yeah. do, or are you just black well, and white? I said, get well, up as soon as you can. Then seeing us get up and get walloped going away in the championship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, we'll be able point. to go to Wembley, wouldn't we, if we go up through the playoffs this year? They're talking about fans being able to go to games at that point for the playoffs. Yeah, they so. are, aren't they? I say it's, it's, yeah, I'd love to follow a promotion campaign. It's been a long time since I have done. But ultimately, for the good of the football club, you just, how I say, you, you can't 
sort of put things off at this level. You can't you can't pick your perfect time if, if the yeah. opportunity is there. And this is the difference between us and Norwich over the last 20 years. Every time they've had half a sniff of something, yep. they've oh, grabbed it with both hands oh. and, and gone up where whenever we've had a sniff of it, we've, we've never we've never got anywhere we've we haven't we've lost in the playoffs three times we've we've messed up when we've had money we've done this we've gone on a brilliant run at the start of last season fallen away whenever right. they get a sniff they they take it and we've got a we've got to so, you're right, that so mentality. So sliding doors moment whenever the sliding doors open for them they walk right through don't we but we seem the doors seem to close in our face don't they every single time it's just mm. yeah dickhead club <laughs> Rich, Rich Woodwards um, asks a brilliant milestone with a goal to boot for the skipper yesterday um, yet some can't wait to slate him am I alone in thinking that someone who has dedicated a huge chunk of their lives for this club admittedly in a poor era generally deserves far better from supporters now I think we I know where Joe Fair stands on this you're you're a little bit more on the fence with Chambers the footballer aren't you Dave but you you also no, you agree that he look, deserves respect. No, and, and Cook said. I mean, Cook in his in his um, post match um, made reference when you know when he was asked about that. You know, great achievement. And he said, you know, players his age are generally you know in the side one because they're a good player, and two because they they've looked after themselves really well, you know, and properly. Um, and look, now Danassian's gone. I mean, to, to be fair, I thought Danassian when he when he did play when Chambers was rested. Um, just before Christmas, I think, um, did okay, you know, and I was quite surprised he was sort of let go, obviously a wage, so he's, you know, perhaps that, that was the reason. And I think Joe touched on this the other way. Who's going to usurp at the moment? Who's going to usurp Chambers at right back? Only a fit Vincent Young, really. Well, Christ knows when that's going to happen. If it is going to happen this season, um, let's hope let's hope he's fit anyway. But yeah, there's who's going to who's going to take his place at right back at the moment? Hmm. Yeah, no you know, one is there. No one, no one. Like say, and to was, be was... fair to him, he said a hard. You know, he, I don't think people were criticising now. I think uh, it's easy to criticise going back. You know, uh, you know, perhaps last season, season before championship. You know, perhaps he was centre half, but I think he's been one of our most probably one of our most consistent players at right back this season. I don't think you can argue with that. Even if you look at recent week, who was betting him yesterday? Probably, probably no one. He got the goal as well. Tuesday night at Accrington. We were bombarded in the box, and I thought the whole defence, the back four, stood up yeah, really well to that, to that challenge. And yeah, I say yeah, no, he, he, has, he has had some poor games this season. But no, he has, but that's, who, but that's, who not, that's, not, that's not to say you get promoted champion. Well, he's not going to be playing in. I'm sorry, he ain't going to be playing in the championship. I can't see him playing full back in the championship or or centre half. So this almost is he's well, not his last rose. He might not get up, but you know what I mean. Um, He's, look, for me, he's done okay this season. I think, like I said, I think the criticism he gets is is more historical more than anything, I think. Yeah, this yeah. Was, it was a conversation I was At having level. earlier today about it. And um, sort of Jack Lancaster's dad came into the conversation. And he, oh, yeah. I think he said, the influence Luke had on Jack when he moved in was immense. And I will always be grateful. Mm-hmm. Work effect, professionalism and role model behaviour of a true professional, pure class. Young players need to earn the right to replace senior professionals, yep. and I think that's what it is. That's how I brought it up on here before. I think it was in Joey Barton's book or Joey Barton podcast at one point. He was just saying young players don't realise they need to they need to out train me every single day. They need to out fight me. They need to outwork right. me. They need to out eat me. They need to outrun me. They they've got to be better than me because I'm not giving them my shirt. And if they want my shirt, they're going to have to wrestle it from me. And I I do think there's an element of that. Like who has ever wrestled Chambers shirt off him? No one, no one's even really come close to getting it off him, have they? And yeah. if you look at the centre backs last year, or Toto Enciala, well, he was a disaster, wasn't he, last season? And players like this, and like I say, I think it had Vincent Young been sort of fit this year, it might have been a different story. But then, has any of the centre backs really played well enough to have kept him out of the side if he was playing centre back? And so I, I just find it a bit sad when you see the tweet about. I think there was a tweet from the club about his three hundred and. Oh, 80, God, yeah. 80 game and the comments were like 365 too many f off <laughs> 15 minutes that comes with defeat and i just think yeah, maybe gone. sometimes fans that do appreciate what he's done it might be worth sticking some tweets out there to say that sometimes just on the club stories just to try and lose the sort of noise effectively from the sort of the people that are just out of order yeah it's a good shout joe i think it might be that Luke Chambers, in a, in a way, he's despite all of this, he's incredibly popular amongst the fan base. Incredibly popular, 
and and I think it might just be that there's a proportion of people that just want to desperately have that unpopular opinion and be a little bit out there mm. by slagging off the guy that is essentially the life and soul of that dressing room and and the guy that interacts with the fans after games when we've won obviously when we're in the stadium but I don't know it's never going to it's never going to change but yeah good suggestion Joe to maybe encourage people if they've got something nice to say about chambers say it say it on twitter um jack saunders joe i think you'll agree with this was there a bit of an overreaction from ipswich fans to a classic getting turned over by a physical side when we're in transition between managers and in the back of a busy run of games seen a lot of need for a summer clear out cook's got a heck of a job on his hand stuff do you think it maybe was just a like well we've already talked about it haven't we it was just a day where too many players turned up and didn't play well yeah if you're not if you're not bang on it against a Steve Evans team, they'll, they'll turn you over because they are just. Well, I say you, you saw them. They they do not give you an inch, and you, you've got to be on your game. And no, we we weren't on our game yesterday. We, we didn't compete with them. And I say I don't think I say I said after the game last Saturday, Paul Cook's got to be licking his lips when he sees a sort of sort of the sort of squad he's got in front of him there. And I still think it's the same. I'd say you, you just look at the sheer depth of the squad. There's so many players in there. Our bench yesterday, Caden Jackson, Luke Wolfenden, Freddie Sears, Guion Edwards, um I don't know who else was on there. Um Ward. Stephen Ward and um there's one other. But it's a bench like every single one of those players would start for Gillingham yesterday. That, that there's some serious quality and it's just up to the manager to get the best out of them. And I I say there's. I don't think there's a big clear out required. I think there will be a clear out just because it's natural when you're a League One team, and he's going to want to bring some of his own guys in. But I say we're we're fine. We just need to put some decent results together, and I'm sure we will. It is quite funny. A lot of people seem to go from saying this. How can Paul Lambert be underachieving with this incredible squad of players? To as soon as a new manager comes in and we lose, is they're not as good as they think they are. They're not. <laughs> yeah. they're, the players aren't very good. Yeah. Um, Anyway, last question here. Um, I've saved the best name to last. Um, Morris Claude. The three recent wins plus one loss relied heavily on a spine of Division One players, League One players, Toto, Wilson, Norwood, etc. Is this what is required for promotion? And if promotion is achieved, how many of the existing squad would survive slash struggle in the championship? Wow. Blimey. Yeah. Um, well, out of the team, absolutely. You start with who? played yesterday so you you know you go with a keeper um fullback henlock championship or you yeah you i mean you'd, you'd you'd certainly take him you'd think he he probably could right back we said chambers probably probably not to you know step too far for him if it, if it happens wilson and enciala enciala well we yeah not sure not sure wilson probably yes i think yeah, the mid, you know, you think the midfield three are going to be good enough. You know, Dizelle, Downs, Bishop, you think they're good enough. Edwards, probably. Norwood, yes. The rest, I don't know. I don't know. And you, you, the thing is, is that it's a valid point and we would need a lot of new players whenever we do get to the championship. Of course you would. We, will, we will need some old championship heads in there. Um, but hopefully training and having matches under a manager like Paul Cook will improve these players you and think. also the confidence that promotion breeds as well. If we get well, promoted, they're... these players will be better players then than they are now. Yes, and he knows, you know, because he's proven, he knows what it takes to get out of that division, doesn't he? That's where, that's what, you know, pleased me most about the appointment, that he's got a track record in that division. All oh, right. Lambert did with Norwich, but come on, he had, you know, he inherited a, I think he inherited a, a fairly decent, decent squad there. So, yeah, you'd think we, you'd think we'd have more than enough, but yeah, it's gonna. I think, I mean, he's again, he's already intimated that again, and he's in his post-match yesterday where he said, you know, it's a big squad, and it's, it's probably too, too big. many, too big a squad. So it will be trimmed for sure. It will mm. be trimmed. A lot of players out of contract. And look, you know, promotion, yes, championship. But, you know, with that takeover comes, you'd think with the takeover comes, potentially you would hope new investment. So who knows, you know? Yeah. And I'd say, I think the problem is when it's sort of saying who who is good enough for the championship, if we're in the championship, it's because we've won nine or 10 of our last 15 games and we've 
either or, or we've won 11 or 12 and we've gone up automatically or we've won nine or 10 and then we've won the playoffs. So if we get promoted, he's obviously got a tune out of these players that, that has that they haven't shown so far. So I, I don't know. I think it's just one you just cross that bridge when you come to it. You're gonna you you're gonna have ten out ten in. It's just it's just how it works. We I might think even have do. twenty out and ten in. And hopefully we we get some decent young Premier League loanies as well. He, Maybe so. We, we, we have, we've got a good record of that in in the past in the Championship, and so's Paul Cook. But I bet yeah. if you look at the Rotherham squad, for example, people say, "Oh, how many of these Rotherham players are Championship class?" And it's like, well, probably very few. And I know they're in the relegation zone at the moment, but they're still fighting pretty hard. They've got a couple of games in hand on Birmingham. They could easily stay up. Same as Coventry. When you saw that Coventry team last year, how many of those did you think, oh, these are championship class players? Yeah. Not many, two or three, but they go up and they sort of ride a crest of a wave and go from there. Just add a bit of quality in the right areas is all you need, isn't it? Exactly. Because it's, it's, it's a big jump in class. It is a big jump. It really mm. is. So I think, yeah, a bit of quality in the right areas. That's certainly what, you know, what will be needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going up, you know, going up with the current squad, no, just wouldn't. Yeah, without and just wouldn't, wouldn't 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 happen. Wouldn't work. Okay, but staying in League One, then I'll just quickly run us through the other results and the, the top of the league table. Accrington won two one against Swindon. Blackpool drew one all with AFC Wimbledon. <coughs> Burton, Jimmy Floyd's Burton, who have wow. looked dead and buried a few weeks ago, Amazing. beat top of the table Peterborough two one. Doncaster bounced back um, from their defeat against us to win at home to Plymouth. Hull um, have gone top. So they've, I think since we beat them, they've won three on the spin and they're top. So they they beat Bristol Rovers 2-0. Lincoln, who we play on Tuesday, that was a big result for them. 3-0 against Crew, who are, as we know, are half decent. The weirdest result was Northampton turning <laughs> over Portsmouth 4-1. Um, and Jacket, Kenny Jacket's still in the job and seemingly going to stay there. Oxford's um, drew nil nil with Charlton. Fleetwood won two nil at Shrewsbury. Sunderland looking solid now. Sunderland's I think I've only got their last five results, but they've won four and drawn one. They look decent. Um, that was against Rochdale, and another big result was um, Wigan winning three nil against Milton Keynes Dons. Big result for them. Um, so yeah, that that league table. Hull are now top of the league on sixty two points from thirty four games. Peterborough level on points, but with two games in hand. Um, Lincoln also have two games in hand on Hull. Um, they're on 60 points. We play them tomorrow. Uh, Sunderland in fourth. So they're Sunderland are on the... So yeah, if they if Sunderland win their two games in hand, they'll move into the top two for sure. Then it's Doncaster, 55. Portsmouth dropped to... 52 they're three games without a win so we are in eighth now below Accrington again but just two points below Portsmouth with a game in hand um won't run through the rest um so yeah next up as we mentioned is third place Lincoln at home Rich will be back with a live stream on the YouTube channel uh for that one Dave um I guess it's only right that you plug your Russell Osman and your Ray Crawford interviews again, isn't it? Yeah, I should. Yeah, well, Ray Crawford, I just just did post um, post Christmas, so yeah, particularly um, particularly enjoyed that one. What an absolute character he is! So that can be that's um, that's still up and running on YouTube. And yeah, I'd, like I said at the start of the show, I was fortunate enough to sit down with Russell Osman for an hour and a half last week. Um, fantastic, reminiscing um, about all things of his career and his film career, and mostly, as you can imagine, the um, the eighty eighty one, you know, the eighty eighty one season. So that was. And also his um his Indian TV uh, summarising career as well, which was interesting too. So and a bit of golf as well thrown in. So what's not <laughs> like? Great stuff. And yeah, can I can I just say as a um an Ipswich fan under thirty, I'll in, I'll I'll keep saying that while I still can. Yeah. These I've never seen Russell Osman or Ray Crawford play for Ipswich, but they are brilliant watchers and listens. So any Ipswich fans, any age, do do give them a watch. They are excellent excellent interviews and joe any last words from you no no just to echo what you said about the interviews as well it's just just fascinating when you hear these people and especially on sort of the russell osman one how he still has such a sort of clear love for the club he's still following it he's still he's, he knows what's going on he's he switched on to as to what's going on at the club isn't he and 
I'd say he was the under-18s manager for a bit. And I'd say that you've got to try and find roles for these people around the club, even if it's just on match days. A great talk and seems a great guy. And I'd say let's get let's get flying again up the leagues and try and get these people back involved. Great stuff. And there, there was some other sad news in the Ipswich Town community um, during the week as um, long-term Ipswich fan. was it? Is it Grant Cross? Yeah, Grant Cross from, he's from away from South Coast. I think he's from Bournemouth. Yeah, um, I've certainly I don't know him. I certainly know a few mutual friends that that know him. Um, you know, big town fan of many season standard. You know, I've seen. I'm sure I've seen him before. You know, away games and stuff. So yeah, very um, yeah, sad news. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I imagine that one will be the first away game of next season we're allowed back in will be quite a lively one for Grant's friends and family as they, they raise a glass in his honour. Yeah, I think, I think most of them are quite lively for Grant's friends at the games <laughs> when I've seen them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we'll end the show there, guys. Thank you very much and wish for whatever you like. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.